Hey Moonies, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with the one and only, the Wolf's Den. He's a beat maker, and if you've been following me or him at any point in time, you will know that we actually had a podcast together called Nerds on Hip Hop that ran for four years. He's one of my bestest friends, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. Hey! Hey, I'm super excited to be here and really just get to talk about your favorite thing and a thing I've come to come to appreciate more, which I think you'll be excited to hear about too. I am so excited to hear that because <laughs> when we first became friends, or at least early on in our friendship, you were you, you were skeptical about Sailor Moon. <laughs> I think. That, that's how we started, and I'll leave it. I'll say it like this as we probably talk about it later. It's like, I've looked at all your comments are more true now than they were a few years ago, is the way I'll say it. <laughs> I need more explanation on that for sure. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, for the people, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? I think my first memory of Sailor Moon is probably watching, or at least hearing about the ep- No. The first memory of Sailor Moon is actually the Sailor Moon video game. Wow. Yeah, because like, I know I've had to have seen the series before, but what I actually remember right now, my godbrother was super into Sailor Moon. He would, he would write stories about the characters... It was his thing. So, like, when DBZ and stuff like that was really popular, he was like, no, it's Sailor Moon, it's Sailor Moon. And what I'm vividly remembering, because I don't necessarily remember episodes as my first memory, what I'm remembering is that we would play the Sailor Moon side-scroller on his, on his PC. He would, do- he would have downloaded it, all of it in Japanese, and I was like, yeah, that's really what it is. That's what I... Because I think... I don't think I would have experienced Sailor Moon... Unless if it was for my wasn't for my godbrother really falling in love with that series and yeah I, I, like I'd watch the show afterwards but my memory is so tied to him and us playing that video game. I did not know that at all. That's so cool. And so was this? So I, I I'll tell people for people listening. I know way more about market. What about the wolf then? Than, uh, <laughs> that's example A about uh, I should. So is this when you were in Japan or is this? Uh, before so and after. Vi- mm-hmm. So this would have been the second time I was back in Jamaica. So I'm originally from Jamaica, and so this is peak tsunami years, and it would have been early tsunami years, probably like 2001, 2002, 2003, somewhere around that time. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, so I guess I have two questions. So, like, how did you feel when you're watching your godbrother play? The game, and then how did you feel for the first time you watched the anime? Uh, wa- watching him play the game and playing the game with him was was fun. I don't. I remember being like, "Why do you like this more than everything else?" Because that that was always it. It was like, "You love this thing so deeply," and I don't necessarily understand why. When I watched it, it was like, "This is cool," but I'm not. I, I when I first watched it, I was like, "This is kind of neat. This is solid." I don't. I didn't feel any way except for kind of falling as my young first one of my first anime crushes was Ami, so that is what I remember standing out <laughs> when I first watched Sailor Moon after like playing the game with him and kind of getting to see why he liked that series at that time. Love it. That makes a lot of sense. Does he still like it? 
Yeah, he he was the first person to try to get me to watch Crystal. He he he's he was a Sailor Moon head before I met the other Sailor Moon folk. Oh. So. I gotta yeah. shake his hand one day. You do, you do, <laughs> you do, you really do. <laughs> um, so since you've watched it, do you have any favorite episodes or favorite moments? So, I think right now, because I was so Ami attached, watching the episode when she was getting ready to leave, mm-hmm. and, and and the Sailor Scouts being able to like make decisions that were like, well, Ami, this is what you really want, and like really, like the more and more I look back at that, it's like this is a, these are a set of people that really love each other, and they're willing to consistently, as a group, make decisions for each other. And and I think about that episode a ton. I think I think so much about the entire arc with Zoysite and his manipulation of Molly and I just think that's one of just like the best, coolest anime storytelling period. Uh so I think those are two of like these are this is the stuff that makes it stand out immediately. Yeah, no, uh, that that's one of my favorite episodes too. Like, you get the song. I think it's only a memory away, and like, oh. it's so good. Um, and then also like, yeah, like you said, like they really like show like even though they're like this unit and they become they created this sort of uh, I don't want to say like responsibilities and roles and like they're they're a team now. And it's like for them to be like, you know what, like you gotta follow your dreams, like we'll figure this out. I think it's so powerful. Yeah, and and I remember I remember watching the episode, I'm like, at least you like, cause I think I remember complaining to you at times when I first started rewatching it. And I was like, man, Usagi's kinda mean <laughs> to Ami. I kinda don't like this right now. <laughs> and it it, it I remember rewatching it and I was like, Ami doesn't really get to have a lot, but I remembered from my watching her in my childhood. But it's like watching this episode, they gave her a sense of like, no, she means something to everybody. And I think often her role gets uh, a little bit shirked now rewatching it with like older eyes. Cause I think, I honestly do think the other ones get better character development. But mm-hmm. I, when I rewatching it, I I keep looking for Ami moments because I'm even thinking about the time that the I forgot, the young boy has a crush on her as well. Mm-hmm. Like Greg. I look, yeah, that episode, is, yeah, that episode stands out for me too. But I think it's that going away episode where I feel like really they're able to cement what she means to everybody, and I think that's a very effective effective for me. Yeah, and also Nephrite and Molly, super, super, super love it. It's it's yeah, one of my favorites too. Um, the chocolate parfait will always make me want to cry. <laughs> always, always. Yeah. Um, you think you kind of said it, but I I think I I think it's kind of changed over time. But who's your favorite Sailor Senshi slash Scout? So it was Ami, right? Like rewatching it, my mind has always been focused on her. That's who I liked, but. As I've rewatched it uh, over the few years, my my favorite person is Sailor Jupiter. I think when I watched what they did with her, I was like, "Oh, this is the most three dimensional character in the series." And I could be wrong because I know that the Pluto and Neptune those those become the love characters. But when I look at 
what they did with her where she's trying to she's this tomboy character but she wants to like appear lighter to other people appear soft and that kind of like straddling between the line about like self-presentation and obviously i can think for a lot of women who i know who get who perceived as like the super tough person was like they just want to be feminine and like i feel like she has so much and they give her they give her a lot and i and i i think so it's like my favorite favorite is her but if you ask me like my nostalgia my nostalgia favorite it's ami yeah no that's totally understandable and i'm just small corrections so like neptune and uranus are the uh oh. the couple but all good um we're not we're not gatekeepers over here <laughs> um but yeah no sailor jupiter i think you're right in that she gets outside of asagi um like the most character development in some ways and like you definitely like she just like feels like the most like complete character and that she's like has this com- not conflicting but like internal like oh i'm tall and i like you know people see me as tough but i also um really you know i love to cook and i'm like this sweet person and she's she's just an right. all-around good character like she's be- actually in my one of my most recent rewatches she's become a favorite of mine so you'll be happy to hear that as well um but i want to talk about you a little bit you are a beat maker <laughs> yes yes how did you get into beat making uh, so my beat making story starts from undergrad in uh essentially wccr which is the radio station at city college of new york which is actually where you and i have met and during during that time i ended up connecting with some musicians there but i I never thought I'd be making music. Like, I've always aspired for it in the sense of, like, ooh, I want to be like this and that. But I was like, oh, I don't got the skills. I don't have that. But I got really encouragement from a couple of friends. One of my friends, uh, my, my friend Darian, gave me his MPC 500. as like, go make something because he believed in me. And that was my first step. Uh, I ended up not making anything good at that time. It wasn't until my masters when i moved away and i was on my own and i was struggling through my master's thesis but i needed some kind of personal outlet to deal with my uh stress of writing and i thought i'd go back to trying to make music so i ended up uh finding software on my ipad and starting to make beats there and that's i think around 2014 is the time where I says like let me let me figure this out because I need some some way to navigate my feelings and emotions. I like that origin story. <laughs> and then now I want to say this is your third beat tape. Yes, this is this is the third beat tape. Yeah, how did um how did this one come about? I really like the story about this. I did read your Instagram um, <laughs> post, but uh yeah, incomplete instructions for anyone who's listening coming out um on the ninth the april ninth yes um but yeah how did that come about uh so incomplete instructions was last year in the middle of quarantine i find i finally got to pick up the hobby of like gundam building which is gun plus stuff and there's a moment when i like i noticed it in general when i first started making it where it's like what you make is not necessarily what you see on the box right like when i'd watch reviews it'd be like oh well they did this paint over here or if you want to make it look like the box you're gonna have to put molds over the seams 
And it was this kind of feeling. I was like, what I'm making is not necessarily on the box. I loved it regardless. It didn't bother me. But what I what I thought about it for me personally was this feeling of what am I what am I kind of creating for myself, right? Like I have these ideas about like who I want to be and all these other things, and but I'm not necessarily executing them. And for me, one of the things was like this feeling of like about my masculinity. There are these people that I was like I want to be like I want to do that, but it's like those archetypes of those versions of masculinity is like if i'm trying to live those out and so forth i'm not really i can't do that because a that's not me but it's like whatever i'm creating in myself like it's going to carry my flaws it's going to carry that time where just like when like when you build a gunpla it's like that time i accidentally overshot and like took out a part of his finger with the uh stencil knife or that i got too quick and there's a whole stain on the back of it like and I was like, I started noticing that for me, it was this idea of like trying to just be comfortable with just like who I really am and just create myself without this like fear of like, I'm not matching the box. I'm not matching the image. And all of those kind of ideas were coming together for myself. I love that. Cause I actually like used to follow a lot of like people on Instagram who I like aspire to be like, or aspire to, you know, want to be or um but then i realized it was just kind of like making me compare myself all the time yes. and just making me feel really bad about myself um so i went through like i think i a few years ago i just unfollowed all of them and like have felt better <laughs> you know aside from like my own personal like oh why am i not better um so i really like that idea because i never thought of that because even when like i'm putting together furniture like yeah it's still like it's, you know some extra parts there's like things that are missing and <laughs> just like this it's not right, I, what I, you advertised. <laughs> it's not like you're, you're right. Like one of the comparisons I made was like that IKEA thing is like, oh, I'm gonna build this chair, and this chair is gonna like really be where I sit down and do my work and look at the box. You're like, yes, I got it. And then you build it. I'm like, I mean, it is it right? <laughs> but it's not really it. Like there's something off. Right. It's like where's the magic? <laughs> where is? On? Where is the magic? Where is what I was imagining in my head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think it's that kind of like... this That comparison is so scary. Because it feels like sometimes you don't live up to it. And, and, I, and it's like that... I feel like for me that's been one of just like... A general underlying fear that I've been trying to navigate. Of just like... I'm I'm used to being on the outside of things. I'm used for a lot of that, but I'm not. I feel like at times I don't think I've always trusted it, but it would work out. I trusted it because that's all I could be, but I didn't trust that I was enough as I am. If that makes sense, it makes all the sense, and I feel the same way. <laughs> um, I'm wondering though. So like, this is a beat tape. So like, there's no one like rapping, or there's no words necessarily. So how did you like approach the project and like conveying this this feeling and this uh uh what's that word like a uh, idea through music? Oh, so my mind. <laughs> so the, one of the things I kept on saying about this tape is that since it's so much about like building, I was like, what does the soundtrack to building even sound like or feel like? And so I love sampling music. That's that's the way I like to make hip hop. And so for me, it was thinking about, like, where do I want to dig for these samples? 
And one of the spaces that I wanted to dig through was a lot of the actual uh, sim- the PC Sims from like the 90s. Because there's an entire like, there's something warm about those synths on like the, what I think it's like the X8600 or PC88. Like those are, those like the dating sims from that era, but even like the non-dating sims, like those games on those PCs, like they have this sense of warmth, this kind of futuristic thing. It's it's a lot of texture in those sounds. So that's where I first started like trying to dig through samples and figure out of like, this is what I think building and like the soundtrack to building would feel like. Uh, so it's it's wanting to like go into like the gaming stuff and stuff like that I've always loved, but I think it's a different part of that. That's where I started. But the other stuff has been, uh, I've mentioned is I do a lot of vocal samples. So even at that time, one of, I was like, Ooh, I'm listening to this person talk about navigating the space or this person talk about navigating the space. So like there is a, line from bell hooks in one of our interviews or there's a line from uh contrapoints or there's a line from the gundam stuff i was obviously watching at the time because i think that's another part of beat making i always am passionate about where the vocal samples can tell you what to feel or like hint at what to like think about while being immersed in the soundscape yeah that's so true because even when i listen to like lo-fi stuff they have like those random samples. It always just gives me this feeling of nostalgia. Yes. I don't know why, but yeah, I can I can totally uh, get that. And were you saying like since before, like S Y N T H S? Yes. Okay. At first, I thought you said Sims, like Sim City. Oh. And I was like, this is interesting because like you're also like building cities. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this still works. <laughs> but I wish I could say I was that clever. <laughs> so, but but it is. Yeah. Uh, dating simulator sims that I was referring to earlier, but it's since it. from those soundtracks of sim- I guess that's a lot of time time right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize. Okay, okay, I, so I'm not completely no. out of my mind. All right, <laughs> the dating simulators, but since from dating sims simulators. Okay, but not SimCity or The Sims. No. Okay. I know how ridiculous that sounds. <laughs> I'm just trying to clarify. <laughs> so thank you. Okay. Well, yeah. I yeah. Um. Do you? Well, I don't know. This might be hard, but do you have a favorite song or a song that you're most proud of? I'll say that. Uh Fresh Runners. Fresh Runners mm. is a song but I'm most proud of. It's the one I just previewed last week, this week, last, I don't even know time anymore. I previewed the most recently on Instagram and it's the one I'm most proud of. It's the one that when I've given people early listens, it's the one where like, yeah, that's the one that everyone messages me about. I really like that preview I heard. I listened to it and I was just like, whoa, you've uh, stepped it up. I mean, I've, I've liked your previous beat tapes too, but like this one, I definitely can see like why you'd be most proud of it. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Also, like, time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it, does, it does not. It's it's a Blur's Day every day. Indeed. Um, Blur's Day. Um, so here's my surprise question. I told you there were going to be a surprise question before we started. 
Um, So as a throwback to our Nerds on Hip Hop podcast, what's one nerdy thing you're doing right now? One hip hop thing you're listening to? Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) So one nerdy thing I'm doing right now is because I'm practicing a lot of avoidance of dissertation writing, I've been playing a lot of Zelda Breath of the Wild and I'm falling in love with it all over again. And I, I... I've not I've not beaten it yet, but I have done way more in the last week. <laughs> but I probably have done it the last two years, it feels like. Avoidance and and procrastination are some strong motivators for video games. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. It, it sure is. Uh so that's been my nerdy thing. I think honestly, music wise or hip hop wise, the I was just listening to this morning, uh Aloha Mahalo by CJ to Genesis again. And Ooh. it's weird because I remember I remember the first time I told you about the project. Cause I, I, I'm, and I remember I was trying to pitch you on the project. of like, oh, you got to listen to it. It's like a cherry Coke. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, that's always stuck with me. I don't know why. <laughs> but it was it, like a cherry Coke. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that, it's that weird, that like, I don't even know what the feeling of a cherry Coke is, but that's what it is. It's in a, that in a song. Uh, yeah. But I was listening today, and I and I had a lot of flashbacks of what I didn't understand about the project then versus how I understand the project now. Where there's so much about like dreaming about the future and dreaming of what would come and what would be, and particularly this feeling of what is true satisfaction is the fulfillment of those dreams. And I and I because the whole tape is about like going into paradise and things of that nature but it's like that's what paradise is it's like feeling like you've done what you wanted to do i was like oh man why do i only recognize this properly now that i'm 30 (laughs) (laughs) you know i saw on twitter the other day that um someone was like oh in uh the hobbit you're not you're still you're a child considered a child or until you reach 30 and they're like, oh, that's so, like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool that they do things differently. And now that I'm, like, about to be 30, it's like, oh, no, that makes sense. I am still <laughs> a child, actually. Like, 30s, probably when I become a proper adult. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe 35. Um, yeah. So I get it. That's cool. Nice. I feel like that's one of the first projects we talked about on our podcast, too, maybe? Maybe not? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's very possible. You and me both. Yeah. I feel like my memory and my back are the only ways I know how old I am. (laughs) Trust me. uh, uh, The minute I turned 30, I felt back pain that same night. I was like, oh, okay. I see what the future is. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. It's not looking forward to it. Oh, now here's a fun question. Well, actually, no, ask this first. What other anime do you like? Oh, <laughs> uh, so I, f- I feel like I've sp- I- I'll always find an excuse to talk about this. Princess to Tutu. Tom- ah, I thought we were going with Tatami Galaxy. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Tatami Galaxy changed my life, so I guess I'll do that one first. Tatami Galaxy changed my life. I'll recommend everybody who's between the ages of like 17 to like 24, make that you drop whatever you're watching. And watch Tommy Galaxy. It will give you, it'll give you perspective, especially if you're feeling like a sense of malaise. When I watched Tommy Galaxy, I was in like, I don't know about how I feel about my life. I don't know how I feel about the decisions I made. 
and there was just some uh, really meaningful perspective that I was like, oh, this is what I needed. And I, I vividly remember sharing that with another friend of mine. It was the same kind of takeaway. So I would always recommend that. So I guess that's what I'm, that that's that's my favorite favorite anime, Ethel. Ah, Princess Tutu, give us your spiel. <laughs> it is the greatest magical girl show of all time. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> uh, so I also bring that up because there's something else I want to highlight. Because I said mm-hmm. something at the beginning of the podcast, and I do want to get back to my points about what I've come to appreciate more about Sailor Moon. But it, okay. I think it, I think it only exists now, especially because now I appreciate Princess Tutu as the greatest ever. Uh Princess Tutu has a sense of dread, a sense of like fantastical storytelling, a sense of humor, uh, and just about like the state of destiny and choices. And and Duck is just so adorable. <laughs> Duck is really cute. I love Duck. Yeah, I, and so it's like I think it's a story that's that that takes a lot of what I think is great about magical girl shows, which is a lot about like the emotionality becoming more almost in more in touch with your humanity to a certain extent, right? Like. A lot of the monsters show up in like these magical girl shows as like a threaten to threaten your humanity or threaten uh, elements of like who you are, or prey on like the worst aspects of humanity. And I feel like the especially opening arc of Princess Tutu deals with that in terms of like restoring Muto and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I love that. I love yeah. Those are two where I'm just like. I could talk about those for days. Yeah. So how do you tie it back to Sailor Moon? So this is it. so one. Of, <laughs> so the statement I remember years ago when I was asking you because I think we had watched Madoka together. Mm-hmm. I think that and I and I was asking you was like, what do you think of Madoka? Did this work for you? Why did it not? And and the thing that you said about Sailor Moon, but I've just realized to just be too true now. <laughs> it's that. Sailor Moon is so much more about the relationships of the five, right? Like, right. when I when I think about all the other magical girl shows I've grown to, like, explore and appreciate, right? Like, I love Revolution Girl Otena, I'll talk about Moaru Penguin Show, Review Starlight. Review Starlight is probably the only one I'd say, like, kind of gets a little bit at that. But it's like, no, Sailor Moon is really about the lived experiences of, of the young girls together. It just also so happens that those personalities bleed out into them having uh, superpowers. And and, and, it, and and I think now when I go back to that show, it's a lot more sincere. Like, this is a weird comparison, but I was like, I was really thinking about it the other day. I was like, Sailor Moon is like My Hero Academia in terms of like, when you watch it, you just kind of feel good. You know, I completely agree and that's one of the reasons why i love my hero academia when i first watched it i remember saying things to somebody somewhere that like it reminded me of sailor moon just for like that it has that same feeling like you just said and same thing with girl and Lagan. Yeah. um yes. it just like you said just makes you feel good i think ma- that's what it is yeah it, it makes you feel good and I, and I think there's it's just sincere about what it's trying to do like there's there's a cheesy sense of hope that people can do in series, and a cheesy sense of hope, but it's like it's not that. It, it it strips all the artifice. It's like no, we're just gonna be hopeful and just kind, and and yeah. really, and really that permeates the show in a way where I'm like, oh, I get now I get why why this is the one. 
like I, I understand that more and more of like the ex- the other shows that I can appreciate more. I think there's things unique things that I appreciate more. But when I talk, when I think about like why Sailor Moon stands out, I'm like it almost is a one of one. Like even now, there are other series that does it, but you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this part so much because I've argued this. I've argued against this point. <laughs> this is why I say I feel like you're gonna enjoy. It. Sailor Moon has to be 200 episodes. It can't be less than that. And I... I go ahead. I <laughs> you and I have argued this before. I remember saying it's like Sailor Moon has to be 50 episodes, and I think like as a condensed series, it'd be more focused. And and I understand why I felt that, but it's like now when I look at what what to appreciate about the show in terms of the girls living with each other, you can't do that in 50 episodes. Man, I have the biggest smile on my face. Right now. <laughs> It's just it's it's made. I've really looked at it in a very different sense since we've talked. When I've watched more other stuff, when I'm like, yeah, you can't find this anywhere else. You can't accomplish. And as I said, I feel like the only series, but it's it's really short. Uh, tell everyone to watch Review Starlight. I think Review Starlight is a wonderful show, but it's the only one where I'm like okay it is about the relationships of the characters having with one another it's all these other things but it's only 12 episodes and it is also about passion so that's kind of becomes a core focus about passion performance and stuff like that so it's still not the lived experiences of five teenage young women like and I was like damn Victoria's right (laughs) (laughs) it's about the team and the friendship it's so important um, you know, it's funny though. I have a, like, I love, let's say, I'm going to 200 episodes. I wish it was 500 episodes, but, um, but I have been enjoying, um, my latest reread of the manga and like in Crystal for that though, because they are able to tell the story at least in a more condensed way. But I think you're right. Like you don't get, you don't get those friendship beats. Like you don't get those emotional beats on their friendship without it being stretched out and seeing them like spend time with each other for long periods of time. Yeah. It- this I've I I think because there are a lot of shows right now that are kind of like oh a couple of cute girls hanging out like that's kind of like K-On! Lucky Star was kind of like that Azumaga Dayo but it is it is the combo of the friendship and them still being these like hopeful superheroes and like yeah yeah, yeah. I think too the thing that I like about it like you said it's even though it's like cheesy, like love wins and, you know, love, like, you know, friendship over, you know, power of friendship kind of stuff. Like it makes you feel good. And also it's like, it doesn't, it's almost like kindness wins maybe. Yes. Yes. And that feels good too. Just to like, not even see like the good guys win, but just see like kindness win. It's charming. Yeah. Like, and I think that's something I did not appreciate. Until I was like rewatching a couple episodes recently, I'm like, "Oh, this! Guy, why do I like this? Why do I really like this? Like, not just like it, but it's like, this is this is heartwarming, and it's that sincerity. And as I say, I feel like only my hero feels in the same vein because people say like my hero is too cheesy or it's too light or too this. But it's like my hero does a whole lot of other things, but it's like." Deku is such a nice person. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes in the storytelling that we want to experience as adults and so forth, it's like sometimes that 
sometimes being nice is something that we should appreciate more of. Like, morally great characters are great and so forth. But it's like, sometimes it's just good to be nice. Yeah. And I, I think that's... Think so. oh, no, no go ahead. And that's, like, and, that's, and that's what I see with Sailor Moon. It's like, it's nice that all these people are genuinely nice to one another. They win through that. They win through the bond of one another. And just like, we need that message more, honestly. Yeah, I completely agree. I was going to add, too, I feel like the way people look at All Might and My Hero is similar to how people look at Sailor Moon as, like, the symbol of hope. Yes. Like, it's, it's, I think recently I kind of realized that, like, people have no faith in Usagi, but they have all the faith in Sailor Moon. <laughs> it's <Yes>. so funny. <laughs> Like, and maybe we, I'm just blinded by the episode I watched recently where uh, where you had the kindergartners and the kindergarten mm-hmm. and the girl was like, is it okay if I believe? Yeah. And Venus is like, yes, it's okay to believe. <laughs> and then and then obviously Usagi comes up and everyone's like, yeah, we, we, I'm glad that we believed in this paragon. And then that's literally also how the, the message that... Sailor Venus had to learn was that not only is it important for them to believe that she had to believe in herself to gain her new power. Like, it's just simple, charming, warm, heartwarming stuff. It really is. It's just, it's so good. And as oh, you said, it's like, it's a, Usagi's a sim, like, yeah, Sailor Moon is a real symbol. Like, and I think that's an underrated thing that I don't think we say a lot about at, in anime in general. That she's yeah. a powerful symbol. She is. She totally is. For like, love and justice. <laughs> um yeah i love it um also for the record sailor moon is the greatest magical girl anime of all time um <laughs> that is canon on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> look maybe you've already pushed me this way of like really appreciating it a lot more the more mm-hmm. and more i think about it if i if i say that in a few years uh it, it, i wouldn't be surprised at this rate Yes. Yeah, no, uh, I'm just happy you're here, honestly. Like, it's been a long time coming, and I'm, I'm very happy. Um, also, and I'll give you your, you know, your kudos, because uh, Princess Tutu was created by illustrator and animator Ikuto, Ikuko Ito, who was the, uh, worked on Sailor Moon. She was the animation mm-hmm. director there. So there's, there's, you know, someone who worked on Sailor Moon, worked on Princess Tutu. So in a way... <laughs> You get, you get to say you fathered it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Basically, you're basically, basically saying it's going to be the greatest anime of all time. Okay, I mean, I, I'm going to let you have that because, I mean, my my second favorite anime director owes his entire career to Sailor Moon, so I guess I guess it's fair game. Love it's, it. Yeah. Ikuharo is nothing without doing the third season of Sailor Moon. That is true. <laughs> Where would we be today? Where would not. we be <laughs> If not for Sailor Moon, where would we be? Honestly, like... Uh, yeah, I was really sad, but it was kind of true. Someone brought up that Sailor Moon is, like, the Ray J of anime. But, like, only because Ray J randomly is at, like, the crux of so many, like, historical moments. <laughs> just ran- and I was like, I hate that this is true. <laughs> Sailor Moon's great, and Ray J is not, but... <laughs> We gotta think of a better person who's at the intersection of everything. We can't. We can't lower. Right. I, I, I want to. I put maybe Timbaland. Maybe. Oh, I like that. 
I like that. He was there for many iconic eras. Right. He's still around now. He's doing what is it versus? Yeah, right. maybe. Yeah. I feel a lot better comparing. <laughs> I like, I feel too. really bad. <laughs> I don't want to uh, put my negative energy on Ray J, but I, I'm not really going to say a lot of positive things about him from a musical standpoint. Or a personal standpoint. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. This, this is insane. It's an anti-Ray J podcast. <laughs> Salem Fan Club, aka the Not Ray J Fan Club. Okay. <laughs> um, um, was speaking of Ray J. Um, um, I see someone we do not stand. What is something else that you do stand? So we talked about like obviously hip hop, um, Sailor Moon, Princess Tutu, Tatami Galaxy, but like this could be like anything or anyone. Uh, I mean. I stand Nintendo. <laughs> like, I feel like That's, that... Could... That works! <laughs> I, I, I think that is probably one of the most truthful things. The amount of random trailers I've sent you over the years that have that are just random links to Nintendo games that you have no context for is yep. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I accept them all, and I watch them. <laughs> you have! I have, to, I have to say, I appreciate you being a trooper for what I sent you, like, Fire Emblem trailers. Oh, I know! Shovel Knight! Yeah, sure, let's check it out. That's <laughs> <laughs> when Shovel Knight was called. Oh my god. <laughs> I oh gosh. That, 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 that was also good times. Those were good times. I'm on the Pokemon trailers. But I mm. got you. I mean, I did get you to play the game, so I will, I will say that is, a, that is a W. And I love Pokemon. Like, I, I played X since then. Um, and now I'm thinking about playing, uh, or it was a Sapphire. I played one of them. And I'm thinking about playing the other one now, whichever one it was. I forget. I'm excited. Do you think you'll go back as far as the DS games? Like, before? I don't think so. I really, one thing I realized playing one of the, either Sapphire or X, I'm really sad. I can't remember. I feel like it was X. But, um... Um, there were some things like I, I liked better in Moon and I feel like it was because it was a more recent game. Um, like A, like, um, what was some things that I liked? I'm trying to remember. Well, first the music. Um, <laughs> then, the uh, best music in the series. So good. And I think like the story was better. Yep. And just so, yeah, it's just a lot. And I think the other one just didn't live up. So I'm really looking forward actually to playing Sword and Shield. Um, but that game is pretty long, I think, and I'm like in this like ten hour, ten to twelve hour game um, zone Those, right now. That's the best place to be. Don't leave the zone. That's that's where I am right now. I might I, I might throw in a, a twenty hour one every so often, but right now it's ten to twelve. <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm looking for games that fall into that uh, category. But other than that, yeah, I, I love Pokemon now, so that's that's the thing you got me into. Yeah, uh, that is the one one good thing I've done in this friendship. <laughs> You've done many good things, <laughs> but that is one of them. That is one. It is the one that you can put on my epitaph. That got, is true. Got Sailor Victoria into Pokemon. Yes, I'll make sure they engrave it on your headstone. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Um, 
So, um, and what would you say is your favorite piece of um, nerd merch that you own? Oof. Okay. I mean, I feel like saying this is going to be ridiculous, but it's... Well, so there are two answers. One, the first thing that came to mind, because you said merch, mm. is the Pokemon shirt you bought me. <laughs> Ooh, yay! Yeah, <laughs> I, wear, I find yeah. ways to wear that all the time. Uh, yeah, you... I think that's, what, 2016? Sounds right. I think it was from wait, Uniqlo? No, you you got it. H&M? I, no, FYE. Oh, man, we're dating ourselves. Who, who yeah. goes to Fye these days? Wow, yeah, for shirts. Yeah, wow, <laughs> so really going back. I know exactly which one you're talking about now. I remember yeah. there was a collection that dropped with Uniqlo. Yep, <clears throat> there, there was that. I thought about getting you the shirt. Like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's the first piece of merch. I'm like, yeah. I think the other piece of merch that I'm like. Oh, I love this to death. I got a shirt of uh, the anime Ocean Waves, which is now my favorite Ghibli movie. Uh, it is a like cerulean shirt. This was from uh, from Hot Topic. They still sell a bunch of Ghibli shirts. Uh, in fact, there's like I feel like anybody who's like really into Ghibli stuff really should go get like you can get like as I said, I got Ocean Waves, which people don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, that's, a, that's not one of the more popular ones, but that's really cool. It's, one, it's been on my list to watch for a while. I I, yeah, I adore the movie, uh, but I also like very melodramatic heart-to-heart stories that are about dealing with uh, emotions. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I did, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure everyone here loves Makoto, uh, not everyone here was like everyone's probably seen like your name. I love Makoto Shinkai's films. I love his style of directing. Mm-hmm. You <clears throat> you can watch this Ghibli film and be like, oh, this is where he learned everything because it's very obvious that he learned a lot from this, <laughs> from this movie. I'm like, oh, okay, you just took that and then you like evolved it. But, wow. Yeah. Oh man, now I'm thinking of Soldier Boy. He <laughs> 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 took a whole style. Bye bye bye. <laughs> yeah but i'm sure that's exactly how hayao miyazaki feels <laughs> exactly word for word oh <laughs> um, that is cool i didn't know i wait hey, i need to watch that movie i've like been slacking on watching ghibli movies that aren't spirited away or house moving castle i can't um, blame you because going to those is always a good choice it is, it is, and I really need to get it. And then, yeah, I need, I need to, I need to get on that because he has, he has other movies, um, and it's at like the library, I think. Shout out to the library. Yeah, and I also don't know if you have HBO Max because that's I've been just using oh. my. That's I've been using my friend's account uh, mm-hmm. to yeah. catch up on all the Ghibli stuff I have not seen because uh, I was a very bad anime fan and I didn't see Spirited Away until last year. To talk about that later. I didn't realize you watched it, but yeah, I do have HBO, and I need to. I forgot about that, so I need to. I just do that. that yes, yes. So that's my second favorite merch. I would have a third favorite, but I did not get. The, they had a Gunpla shirt from Uniqlo, where it is the literal uh, pieces on the plastic still, 
which is one of just my, my favorite cool looking things. And I did not get it on time. It was sold out. Tears. Very big tears. Well, hopefully it comes back. All fingers crossed. Indeed. So, fun game. If you had to match each of the Wu-Tang members with the Sailor Senshi, how would you do it? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I mean, the, the default one is, without hesitation, without question, Ami and the Jizzle... They, they they are studying together like that i could yes. see that where they, they sit down and talk about space and do all of that like they are Absolutely. friends they yeah. are friends yeah i see it i feel it i uh, see it i think usagi is actually the hardest one to think of who works I, for her so I'm I not, wanna, oh, oh, go ahead no go for it i want to say method man only because i they're like the most front-facing mm-hmm. members. There, um, there, there's yeah. that. I, so I'm gonna go with Rizzo is probably uh, Sailor Venus. Uh, I think sometimes it feels like Venus is the most responsible asterisk. Mm. Uh, like she, she has the appearance of having her shit together at times. Yeah, uh, at times. Yeah. Right, so <laughs> apparently having mo- more of her stuff together than the rest of the century, and so like sometimes it feels like whether or not she's not the leader, the actual way obviously Usagi is the leader, but sometimes because she's the most responsible, there's mm-hmm. that kind of like Rizzo comparison I can see of like I kind of I'm behind the scenes, like I'm not the face of the Wu Tang, even though I am like some of the blood behind it, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Ghostface is definitely Sailor Mars. That, it, for sure. Yeah. Like. Oh, I love where this is going to. I don't know if you're going to go where I think you're going, but go ahead, sorry. <laughs> so I guess by default, if I'm going to say that, then I would do, I would definitely would do Raekwon from Usagi. Because of, hmm. it often feels like, I'm curious what you think. I do think of the five, the two that are just like the most paired, or at least for Usagi, she most is tied to, I think is Sailor Mars. I, I think like Ami, like she and Ami obviously have more episodes together and stuff like that, but I think there's something about the way that Mars and Usagi argue all the time, but it's like this, there's a friendly, almost like small rivalry there too, like there's something about that relationship where I'm like, it's when I think of the Wu Tang Clan. If you think about the two people who have the closest relationship, it's it's Ray and Ghost. So that's yeah. kind. Of, that's the way I would reason that out. That makes a lot of sense. So I thought where you were going is Sailor Jupiter as Raekwon because he's a chef. Oh, that, <laughs> that that works a lot better. No, I like yours. That makes a lot of sense with Mars and you know the Sailor Moon there relationship with each other does work more for Ghostface and Raekwon. Yeah. So maybe maybe Jupiter's meth? Maybe Jupiter's method man. Maybe. Or ODB. I don't know. Maybe she's ODB. She's kind of tough. <laughs> I, think, I don't know if any of them are ODB. That's... That, that would yeah. be... I don't know if anyone's that eccentric. I don't think so. Either. I was trying to think. Even would, like Outer Senshi, I wouldn't say. Yeah. yeah. I... I 
I think I would actually put her as Method Man mainly because for many folk, people felt like Method Man was going to be most likely the one that could hold their own as a solo Mm. star. That kind of happened, kind of didn't. Sort of like what I was saying earlier where I feel like there's another universe where Jupiter is 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 the main character of the series, I think. I I approve your head canon. Um, yeah, I mean there that that's very likely. <laughs> yeah, I I would like to be in that universe. So if anyone knows how to get there, uh, uh, get me a front front way ticket. I think that'd be no. a fun universe. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> blasphemy, but no. Um, yeah, no. I think a thank you for taking my question seriously. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I was so these like silly questions out. I'm like, yeah, people answer them and take it seriously. Um, I think that's really good. That makes a lot of sense. And like, yeah, you you really matched them up well in ways that I didn't even think of. So, awesome job. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad. That was a hard one. I, that, that was way more difficult than I thought it was. <laughs> I mean, it was like two random groups of people or characters and rappers, so yeah um so back to you um what is some advice you'd have for someone who wants to become a beat maker or wants to be a beat maker um i think the first thing i'd just say is like experiment with whatever technology you have literally almost any piece of device that you own if you own a device is a place to you to just play around. Uh, one of the things that was able to make make me make beats again was this freedom of I just wanted to express and try something. I didn't. There was no necessary like, oh, I gotta make this for anybody or I gotta do like. I just want to express how I'm feeling or whatever it is, and it's like I don't. So I used uh, what is it called on the iPad? IMPC Pro. The app is like twenty dollars. But if you, for most people on their phones, because I think even on Androids too, you can download this app called Koala, which is essentially emulating an SP404. Um, so it literally, for like about six bucks, you can download software on your phone and literally just like play around and just learn learn the interface and figure out how to like like how would you express yourself in that space because every every software you use every hardware you use it's different workflows it's different that but it's like I, I the thing i always want people to do is like don't get intimidated by like i need this i need that it's like start exactly where you are and then as you figure out oh i like this element of it or i don't like this element like you might someone might be like i need physical pads but then now you know you know that and then you'll probably buy a machine or actual physical mpc or i need like something with my mouse and so forth and you're like okay buy logic or buy like but it's like always just start with where you are and just really make the stuff you want to make i it is very easy as like a creative to be like oh this is what the people want or this is the, the like and that stuff is cool but I, I always everyone has their own style their own taste their own thing that they're pursuing and, I, and it's like really just go out and make the stuff that makes you really passionate yeah i like that and i, I love too because i think a lot of people think like oh i need like this specific like super high-tech thing or like this product or this thing that everyone's using but 
Like that you're like, no, there's an app you can use on your phone and, you know, just to get started at least. Yeah. Um, or, you know, make amazing things. People people are doing beats on their phones now. Yeah. I iPads. Mean, my first, the, the opening beat on my beat tables, I literally made in bed because I was feeling stressed and I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> like. Nice. So, <laughs> Sounds it, like me. Yeah. So that's that's a just start with whatever's easiest access for you and just explore and don't don't worry about like if it sounds good or not yet just try and over time you'll get you get better i remember yeah i remember so much time of like oh my gosh this is the worst thing on planet earth but it's like if it's the worst thing on planet earth at least you've put something there that you can like improve on and like yeah, yeah. there was like man i'm forgetting it now but there's a song i'll try to link to it below but it's like basically something like you you have to suck at something first in order to be good at it. Yes. But she does it in song form and it's really good and catchy. <laughs> and it's true. And it's I feel like there's freedom and not feeling like you have to have it together. I feel like that's when you try the most things. That's when you feel the most experimental. And Yeah. Yeah, that's like me right now. I'm trying to like write fiction. And I have every time I go to write, I have to tell myself like, you're bad at this. It's okay. You'll get better. <laughs> you'll get better and you'll figure out some of the stuff that you eventually want to do in different ways too. Right. That too. That is absolutely true because you have like all the freedom in the world and you're not restricted by like what you should be doing or like whatever. Yes. The, the, yeah. Without like going back to like the theme of the tape, but it's like, just make you like not. Yeah. Yes. I like it. Make you. Um, speaking of that, then that could be it, I guess. Um, uh, just like Sailor Moon had the Sailor Moon says phrase <laughs> at the end of every episode, what would your phrase be? So Sailor the Wolf's Den says. Sailor the Wolf's Den says, make who you are. Ooh, I love that. I want that on a shirt. <laughs> make who you are. Yes. Sounds like a, a Nike slogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that's hilarious! It, it reminds me of a shirt that I did buy from a Gundam T-shirt maker. It had like just build it. <laughs> so yeah, Ooh, I, could... I did see that shirt. Nice. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that, when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, there is the guy who did that. <laughs> Make who you are. Full circle. I love it. Um. And then what's next for you and where can people find you? Uh, so I guess what's next for me is the release date of Incomplete Instructions, which will be on Bandcamp slash The Wolves Den 25. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Wolves Den 25. And you'll find me procrastinating, probably posting pictures of Breath of the Wild again. Because I don't want to write my dissertation or I'm too stressed to. <laughs> You know, it's just part of the process at this point. And that's okay. Yes. I mean, uh, part of your dissertation's on video games, I think. Yeah, that, so. there's that too. I realize it's a whole part of my life that I don't talk about. But yeah, there's that too. Yeah. You're researching. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> I have a very uh, dangerous way of thinking. But yeah, yeah, it works half the time. <laughs> you know, this is why you are Usagi, for real. Like, that is... <laughs> That's exactly what you would tell anybody. That's what I tell Ami, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, this has been so much fun, as always. This this has been fun. It was good. It was good to talk to you about the greatness that is Sailor Moon and everything else in between. I'm so happy this is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys don't know this is this. This is now where we started off in our friendship, but... You could go back to the Nerds and Hip Hop podcast when we watched... What movie did we watch? I think we watched Promise of a Rose. Yeah, I don't know if I was that kind to say the moon at that point in time. This is a long time coming. Very much so. So yeah, if you guys want to hear... The Wolf's Den's beginning journey with Sailor Moon and his feelings and this, I guess, close in-journey in emotions. Um, you can listen to our previous episode on Earth on Hip Hop and then you can come back here and listen to this or, you know. Yeah, yeah I guess I, this is a glow up. Yes. Yes. Thank, <laughs> thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was so hyped for your, your beat tape and I was just like, you know what? It's time. but uh once again i am victoria l johnson and you can find me at miss old school on twitter and instagram and you can find the podcast at moody's club on twitter and moody's underscore club on instagram and if you want to get some merch we have some merch at moody's club.com and that's it thanks for listening moody's